everyone. Welcome to As It Is podcast, a monthly podcast where we interview experts in the field of implementation science. My name is Ashley Sturm. I'm the producer and co-host of the show. My pronouns are she, her, and I am the manager of the Center for Dissemination and Implementation, which is housed at the Institute for Public Health here at Washington University in St. Louis. So I convene our network of researchers in various ways, coordinate events and award grants, among other various things. And today I'm here with our host, Dr. Elvin Gang, who birthed the idea for this podcast. Elvin, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? So my name is Elvin Gang. My pronouns are he, him, his. I'm an infectious disease physician based at Washington University in St. Louis. I direct the Center for Dissemination and Implementation here. I do research on implementation. I I do a little bit of teaching and and I take care of patients sometimes. Let's set the stage for our listeners out there by starting with the foundational question. What is implementation science? So implementation science is about the idea that traditionally we think, okay, we've got scientific methods, there's labs, we work on cells and we develop new drugs and we create solutions. And we've created a lot of solutions to a lot of problems, not just in health, but in many things through science. We have a very effective and safe COVID vaccine. It didn't take all that long to produce. And that's really a great achievement. But despite the fact that we have these, these solutions, in reality, we don't make use of those in society in a way to make people's lives better. And we don't do so consistently. We don't do so equitably. And as a result, society does not fully benefit from the solutions that we come up with. And implementation science is about turning a scientific lens on that process itself. I mean, there are people working on implementing things, but turning a scientific lens on that and asking, using the scientific approach and methods, so why is it this way and what can we do to get beyond it? After some serious brainstorming, we decided to call this podcast As It Is, and the IS in that stands for Implementation Science. This is a topic, right, that traditionally is found in academic journals. So what encouraged the shift to this format, a podcast? Implementation Science is a moving field, right? Like you just heard what the motivation is, but what people are actually talking about with implementation science is moving very quickly. And there are lots of voices in this conversation. One of the things about a science that's growing very quickly is that making sure that all the voices that should be heard are heard is a challenge, right? And so one of the things that we want to do with this podcast is to bring perspectives, outlooks, methods, criticisms, that are perhaps not in the exact sort of center or mainstream of the conversation and to sort of elevate those perspectives and to provoke with those perspectives, right? Because some of those may not fit perfectly well with what everybody is saying and to ask us to collectively think about where we're going, what we're doing and, and, and what we hope to achieve. So we'll invite people to the, to the podcast I will be one of the the hosts, but we'll also have other guest hosts and we will, you know, we'll work together and we'll have a a conversation that we hope will be spontaneous, interesting. Hopefully it'll be fun to listen to. And one of the things about a conversation is that there are sort of emergent properties, right, in a conversation where if I bring A and you bring B, 
and she brings C, you're going to get more than A, B, C. You're going to get A, B, C, D, E, and F. And that is going to come out of this conversation. That's partly why we want to do it with this format. Oh, the one other thing that I was going to say is that as an academic and a scientist and a researcher, most of the time we communicate with other people in the field that we don't know through journals and scientific publications. So you write a paper, you collect data, you analyze it, and you report it. As much as that is a vast format for conveying lots of different kinds of information, it's limited in the sense that there are many types of things in the human experience that are hard to communicate that way. And a podcast can bring those things to the surface. And I think those things are important in the implementation science conversation. Those things are things like our hopes about what we want to learn, our fears about, you know, maybe where the field is going or the anxieties about what we may or may not be able to learn. Um, you know, the excitement that can come out of a conversation is sometimes hard to convey in a traditional format. And so, you know, one of the things that I think a podcast might be able to create is a human feel for like the experience of being a part of this this conversation. Mm. Yeah, as you're as you're talking, you can obviously hear your passion for this work. I'm curious where that passion stemmed from. One of the reasons why things that are disconnects are things that I gravitate towards is because is in part at least is because I'm from I'm, a, you know, a new American, right? I'm from an immigrant family. And I grew up with these two worlds that I was always trying to connect. Because at home, we spoke Chinese, we ate a certain kind of food, we talked about things in a certain way, we saw the world in a certain way. And my parents come from, from China, and they were, you know, they were trying to learn about America and trying to become American. And I was born in America. I had that. And then I would go to school and I had my friends at school, and they had a, a very different outlook on things. And so ever since I was a kid, I was always trying to connect things that seemed disconnected, right? I lived in two worlds and I was always trying to draw the links between the two. And, you know, there's lots of funny stories about this kind of stuff. Like dances in junior high are an American institution, okay? To my relatively conservative Chinese mom, this sounded like the height of absurdity because her mom and her dad met the day they got married because their parents were like, you two are getting married here. And then meanwhile... You're 14 years old, you go into like dances and like dancing with a whole bunch of different girls. And then like, just like, there's a million things like that, right? And as a kid, you're just trying to connect the dots. People see the world this way, people see the world this way. Let's connect the dots. And then in implementation science, it's kind of like that, right? You got scientists who see the world this way. They're like, we've got a problem. We need a vaccine. I can make a vaccine. I can like use all these techniques and make a vaccine. And then you have the real world where there's like all these other things going on. There's mistrust, there's political... Um, adversariality. There's like misinformation. There's Russian bots. There's all kinds of stuff going on. So there's this disconnect, right? And implementation science in a way is about making those things connect. I think that um, if I take a little bit of a look at where I've come from as a person and as a professional, you know, it does give me some clues here about why this kind of stuff excites me. When I was in medical school, this is a long time ago, in the late 90s, the AIDS epidemic was huge. And for those of you who grew up during that period of time, AIDS invoked a lot of fear in people. There was a lot of discussion about it. And at the time, 
medications had just come out sort of 95, 96, 97 that could treat HIV. That was a huge revolution. But yet when I got to the wards of the hospital, there were still many, many people dying of AIDS in the hospital. And I just was struck by the fact that everyday new treatments were coming out and they, in a controlled situation, work for people, make them better, help them regain health. But in reality, many people were not accessing these treatments. And there were many, many reasons why. Lack of insurance coverage, um, poor connection to like the healthcare system. People have other priorities. There are sort of mental health and, and addiction issues, but also uh, many people who have other priorities in life. There's also stigma. There's many reasons, but none of them seem, none of them seem to lead to like an acceptable situation, right? Where you have solutions that could help people, yet they're not being helped by it. And it seemed like that was the kind of thing that, you know, I really felt passionate about trying to sort out. And at the time, I didn't know anything about implementation science, but later I learned that there was sort of a, a scientific approach to this kind of a problem, this class of a problem. And that's where I felt, I felt drawn. My next question involves something we are all too familiar with. In March of 2020, the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 as a pandemic. And we've been in this new world now for about two years. How has the COVID-19 pandemic impacted the field of implementation science and vice versa? In many ways, the COVID pandemic and the response to COVID has really brought the issue of implementation and implementation science front and center. So on the one hand, from a scientific perspective, we know what we're good at, which is developing these scientific products. And we know what we're not that good at, which is implementing and getting it used in an equitable way, effectively with great reach in society. And lo and behold, the patterns that have occurred in the past occurred again with COVID, right? Like we came up with the vaccine, we had a vaccine and we got it faster than I expected we would. But then the use of the vaccine has been spotty and slow throughout the country. And the director of the NIH a few weeks ago, I guess said in an interview, I would have never expected that we would have so much trouble getting folks to use the vaccine. And he said, maybe we should have invested more in understanding people's behavior. I never make snarky tweets, but I tweeted in response, I said, I never imagined that the director of the NIH would have never imagined that it would be a problem for people's use of vaccines. Just to say that we know this is a problem. This has been a problem in the past, this is a problem now, and this is gonna be a problem in the future unless we focus our attention on this and invest in this and understand how to do this better. Now, I'm not saying that we will ever get to a point where we have like a silver bullet like implementation is just too human and too complicated of an issue where we will be able to at some point wave a magic wand and be like, okay, this thing's implemented. But can we do better than we're doing now? Yes, absolutely. So even in the absence of like the perfect, we have lots of room to go to be good. Yeah, absolutely. What you're saying is reminding me of the no-do gap, right? This idea that there's a gap between knowledge and action, a gap between us knowing better and doing better. And we talk about this a lot in public health. Yeah, the, the no-do gap is something that people talk about in terms of when we have complicated problems, whether they're 
health problems or, or other problems that we oftentimes know solutions. We know of the solutions, but we don't, um, we don't carry them out. We don't do them. There's a gap between sort of something that's potential and something that's realized. There's a gap between something or the opportunity exists to do and to solve, but we, we don't grasp that opportunity. Sometimes it's also called the last mile problem where you've come all this way, but to make a real solution that matters, you gotta, you gotta cross this final gap. It's an exciting opportunity to think about science in terms of a discussion, sort of an audio media, in part because implementation science is really about exploring sort of new territory. And this podcast will be about exploring new territory and it'll be about exploring new territory in terms of content, but we're also exploring new territory in terms of bringing this kind of a conversation from its normal sort of home and habitat, which is academic journals and academic writing into something more fluid, more spontaneous, and more flexible in the form of a podcast. So I'm excited about that. I am also excited. We have some really great guests planned for this season. We're going to dive right into that spontaneity and fluidity. And I'm looking forward to highlighting some emerging voices in the conversation too. For the listeners, thanks for being with us. You can support us by rating and reviewing this podcast wherever you listen. Again, I'm Ashley Sturm here with Dr. Elvin Gang, and we hope to catch you next episode.